Thank you for tuning in to our Bold as a Lion Ministries podcast. Uh, for more teachings, uh, go to boldasalionministries.com. Uh, we have all of them posted weekly. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to our iTunes, Google Play. Uh, use all those resources, play and download as much as you possibly want. Also, we're running a Project 500 campaign where we're trying to get 500 sponsors at $20 a month uh, to go towards our media ministry so that we can make it bigger and better for you every single week. We hope you enjoy our teaching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Good morning. Uh, We are going to be doing a teaching on spiritual gifts, and it's probably going to be a good lengthy series. Uh, we're going to go into as depth in, in, in depth as, as I possibly can, because um, I want to talk about all the aspects of the spiritual gifts. I want to talk about how we get them, um, what their purpose is. Uh, talk about some misunderstandings I believe that we have of them. And so, there's three things, um, three things that we have to remember. I think that are kind of key. I don't really know how these fit. I just feel like these three words are important. Uh, to understanding spiritual gifts. Number one is love. Number two is faith. And number three is grace. So these three things are how they come and why we do them and how they should be done. Okay. So love, the scripture is very clear that without love, um, you know, that if you speak in tongues that you're just a resounding gong, you know. So if you are not doing it in love, if the purpose isn't motivated in love, then you've missed your foundation for it. Okay, then you have faith. The scripture is clear that um, that I'm going to actually read through some of this stuff. But the scripture is clear that that the faith that by faith is how these things happen. You know, if you don't believe for them, then you won't actually see them. That's the truth. And if you're waiting to see them before you believe them, just screw it. You're not going to see it. Okay? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then grace uh, is is how it, we get it. Okay, so faith. This is why. This is how. Okay, this is like the um, slip and slide for your. It's on that slip and slide of love. That's where your it's happening right there. You know what I mean? It's it's the way you're. It's the way it's happening. But your faith is the entrance. Okay, and then grace is like the the water that's being poured onto that water slide. Okay, those. Kind of cool, just got that All right. So, uh, we're gonna talk about those things in depth. If you go over here to First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11, and we're also gonna be in First Corinthians chapter 13, and we're gonna focus more on this, this first part love, okay. Um, I remember when I first started learning about spiritual giftings, um, and I'm not talking about your normal, um, well, I say normal. Um, I'm not talking about the ones that are like, you know, have a gift of serving. Everybody can serve, right? Um, uh, I have the God's gift of hospitality. Everybody can be hospitable. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm talking about some of the more supernatural gifts, Okay. Which, I actually have an argument for why everybody can do those too, but uh, we just don't believe them. That's why we don't do them. So, uh, and, and I, so I have a slight different um, concept philosophy behind some of these, uh, behind spiritual gifts than a lot of the people you're going to hear teach on it. And the reason why is just because 
Um, I feel like we just cripple ourselves a lot of times, you know. Oh yeah, that's for. Well, we're gonna get into that. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far into this. I'm, we're gonna focus on love, and then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna get crunk on that other one. Okay. James, he's like, Zach, don't say those words. You're too no. white, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. <laughs> oh man. So let's go here first. Uh, Peter chapter four, verse seven through eleven. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, <laughs> love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Okay, so above all, love each other deeply. Don't love each other half-heartedly. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, you know, it also infers that there's going to be a lot of sinning, so you're going to have to love, mm. right? So you're going to have to love deeply. You can't really cover your sins without deep love, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, people make mistakes, man. People do things slightly off, you know. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> now, I find this interesting right here. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's a list of spiritual gifts that says hospitality is a spiritual gift. Okay? Um, what I'm gonna, What I'm going to pitch today is the fact that all the spiritual gifts... Are attainable by any person. Correct. Okay. And the reason why is because this is a perfect one. Uh, what I find is, I'm just going to go ahead and get ahead of myself. It's all right. What I find is when people look at the spiritual gifts, they use it more as a list of disqualification more than a list to build faith. Mm. Okay. They say, oh, well, that's not my gift. So, I mean, if we all want to be super selfish and unloving, because remember, the base of all this is love, right? So if the base of this is love, shouldn't I, don't I want to operate in these spiritual gifts so I can love other people? Amen. I mean, just, just we'll use one spiritual gift, acts of service, okay? So y'all would all think I'm just a jerk if I just said, well, that's not my spiritual gift, so I'm not going to wash dishes. <laughs> like, that's stupid. I'm sorry. That's just retarded. I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's dumb. <laughs> All right? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna rephrase. That is retarded. Retarded means slow. You are slow to the gospel. Love moves you yeah. to wash the dishes. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, the same thing for all the other spiritual gifts. If love is the basis for them all, then why wouldn't I want to operate in them all? Yeah. Okay? And cool. so... And we're going to talk about how you can do this. There's, there's scripture that talks about how we can earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire the higher gifts, whatever we think those are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the higher gifts. That means that the ones you don't think that are for you. I really, I believe that's really mean. The ones that you don't think that you qualify for, you should desire those. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's the higher gifts. The ones that you think are you're beneath. You, you don't really deserve a gift. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You should earnestly desire those. So any gift that you don't think you qualify for, you should earnestly desire. Okay? Um, and the scripture reference there is, is I'll, I'll give that to you. But So check this out. Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. 
so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So listen, the point is that love is the, is the foundation for all these gifts, and the end result is that Jesus gets all the glory. You see what I mean? We're not doing these giftings just for ourselves so that we can, hey, look how awesome I am. I healed somebody with a broken leg. You know what I mean? Uh, it's for the glory of Jesus. You know what I mean? It's so that our Father will receive glory. Why? Because He is the one who's given us these gifts. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> now, we don't want to get funny on it because I've heard so many people say, well, it's not, you're not the one doing it. It's God in you. Well, that's true, except that Jesus says, heal the sick, raise the dead. Who's healing the sick? You're healing the sick. You know? It's, See, what true humility is, is submitting to what God says about you, right? So if he says, go heal the sick, and you say, well, I can't heal the sick, then you're just saying that Jesus is a liar. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Mm. That's pride. All right? So if, I, check this out. What we have to realize is how much of a partaker in the divine nature we really have. Okay? If we realize how much of what God has for us that we actually get to have, and how much we're really married to him. You know that whenever a husband and wife become married, they become one become one flesh if you do it to my wife you do it to me you know what I mean if my wife signs the paper it's as good as if I sign the paper mm -hmm. you see so when we get married to Christ the authority that's been given to us is that of our husband given to a wife you see what I mean so my wife has authority in my home my wife has legal authority to sign papers on my behalf you see what I mean now I'm still ahead of the home but she's still got authority you see what I'm saying? She bears my last name, so everything she signs has my last name on it, right? It's got my stamp of approval in a sense, you know what I'm saying? But she's still doing it. That makes sense? But she's doing it through the authority I've given her as my wife. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. When we, in Christ, we have the same responsibilities. We have the same uh, authority to our husband, Christ, okay? To our husband, the father, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and we operate as the bride. We operate in authority. And we operate in power. Yeah. Okay? And so it's weird. You know, we say, well, God is the light. You know, Jesus is the light. But Matthew 5, 14, this is an example, for instance. Jesus is the light of the world, right? Yes. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, says, you are the light of the world. Amen. Right? You see what I'm saying? So there's this thing where we are, we are sharing in Christ. Does that make sense? I'm never, I'm not saying I'm God. I'm not saying I'm above God. I'm saying I'm below God. Just like my wife is below, um, the wife is below the husband, but they are synonymous too. You see what I'm saying? It's a beautiful relationship. I don't know how to describe it except that way. <laughs> Make sense? Um, so, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not love, do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. nothing. Love, and then it goes into love. And I have so many teachings on love, I think we're just going to skip this portion uh, right now because I literally could teach for an hour on that, so we're not going to do that. All right? So does that make sense? Love is the foundation for what we do, okay? Um, all right, so we're going to go over here now. We're going to study more of the actual lists of the spiritual gifts here. Um, we're going to come over here to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8. <coughs> and um, we're also going to go into 1 Corinthians 12, 
1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 4 through 31. So, just so y'all can remember where the two lists are of the spiritual gifts, it's pretty easy to remember. They're both in chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay? That kind of help you remember. Um, and also, um, there's also one in Ephesians chapter 4. Okay? So we're going to get to that here in a minute as well. So we're going to start with the Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8. It says, For by grace, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay, so listen, it says right here, don't think too highly of yourself, right? But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now this is interesting. Um, when you realize that faith can be assigned to you, All right. Well, you have to like to understand this this statement. You have to understand why we have faith. Okay. Why we have faith is always for impossibility. Okay. It's impossible to have faith without impossibility, and it's impossible to please God without faith. So faith is for impossibility. Let me say it again. Yes. Faith is for impossibility. So, it's impossible to please God without faith. And it's impossible to have faith without impossibility. Okay? God has called every one of us to a place that's too big for us. Okay? Like, you always hear that, God will never put anything more on you that you, that you can't handle. That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. It actually says that He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. That's different. He actually puts you in situations all the time you can't handle. If you actually are trusting God, you're going to go places like on the Sea of Galilee or you're going to walk on the water. You know what I'm saying? So, whenever Peter walked on the water, that was too big for him. You see? When when the disciples fed 5,000 people, that was too big for them. You know? Whenever they went out and healed the sick and raised the dead to cleanse the lepers to cast out demons, that was too big for them. So, God always takes us to a place that's too big for us. Always. And that's why he gives us faith. Okay? And if you'll actually notice that one of these places, uh, faith is actually a gift. It's kind of weird. Okay? Gifts of faith. Now, this is a tangible thing, but it's also faith is for a certain assignment. Does that make sense? So if, if, you, if you see this as something that's assigned to you, the faith is assigned to you, okay? It actually has to do with your assignment. And the faith for that assignment. Does that make sense? So God God gives you um, an assignment and then it requires you to have faith for that assignment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Alright? So this is important to understand. That faith, this faith that you have is directly correlated with the impossibility that God has given you. Hey, I have an impossible thing for you to do and here's the faith for it. You know? Does that make sense? Make sense? And it's just a matter of fact that God's going to give you the faith. What we fight all the time isn't enough faith, it's unbelief. Okay? Now, God says it gives grace to the humble, right? So unbelief is actually pride, right? 
Check this out. We I think y'all were watching teaching it this morning or yesterday. Uh, unbelief is pride. What unbelief is is believing that you know better than God. Okay? So if God gives you an assignment, you're like, I don't know if I can do it, then you've entered into unbelief. You actually probably have faith for it. You just are fighting unbelief. That make sense? You're fighting your own pride. But humility takes your unbelief and your pride and throws it aside and says, I'm going to submit to the assignment God has for me. Okay? And I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to fully embrace it to be completely wholehearted. Does that make sense? To fully embrace and to fully submit. Okay? So if God gives grace to the humble, okay, then I need to be humble. If Watch this. Check this out. We're going to go over here. Uh, it says, uh, verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Watch this. Now this is interesting. Let me erase this. It says that we have gifts according to the grace given to us. Alright, now this is interesting. I have a question. Based on our own understanding, do have you ever thought that you could have different grace than I could have? Now right here is what it sounds like. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Here's the thing. I grew up in, my ch in church all my life thinking that there was just one grace, only one way to get that grace, and that everybody got that grace. So then the same people that taught me that also taught me that not everybody has the same spiritual gifts. So how does that work? If we all get the same grace, okay, if we all get the same grace, then how come we don't all get the same gifts? It's kind of a trick question. I'm not trying to get you an answer here. It's both true. It's both true. Okay? When you look at your definitions, there's a couple different definitions people say. Grace is unmerited favor, right? But grace is also the power to overcome. All right? So there's unmerited favor. And then the scripture says that there's manifold grace. There's varieties of grace. Okay? And then, of course, right here it says the giftings come by grace. Okay? So let's just put it this way. Every single gift that you get, okay, is by grace. Meaning you don't deserve it, that he paid for it for you. Okay? So here's what you need to understand. All the gifts of God belong to you. But how do you get grace for that gift? Because here's the thing. Here's the truth. If this guy over here is operating in healing and this guy over here is not operating in healing, then it is safe to say that this guy has received grace to operate in healing and this guy is not. Because that's what the Bible says. Okay? How did that happen? This is what we have to ask. How did that happen? Is it because God just says, hey, I like that guy better than I like that guy? Scripture says he's not a respecter of persons. Okay? So, it can't be that. If it comes back down to unbelief and faith, though, and if, watch this, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, check this out. For by grace you have been saved through Okay, so if that guy has got healing, he's operating in a gift of healing because he's received a grace for it. And this guy over here is not operating in healing because he has not received grace for it. And so what's really safe to say is that guy has faith for it and that guy doesn't. Because if this guy doesn't have faith, he won't receive grace. If this guy does have faith, he will receive grace. You see what I'm saying? 
Now, faith and humbleness, they're synonymous. Faith is believing what God said above what I saw. Humility is saying, God's right and I'm wrong. You see what I'm saying? I saw that this guy is flopping on the floor, but God said he's going to be healed. You see? I don't think it's going to happen, but God said it will happen. <laughs> What's going to happen? Be it according to your faith. So, if I believe it and I submit to it, it I'll get the grace for it. Mm -hmm. So, God gives grace to the humble. So, if there's varieties of grace, and it's not all like in one package, okay? I mean, I think it is all in one package. But... Some people believe for one thing and some people don't believe for another thing. And I know this because I've, I've grown up in church, didn't believe in a bunch of stuff. Next thing you know, I'm exposed. People are like, oh, why? Did, I, they're like, hey, I believe it. How do you believe it? Well, I've seen it. Well, I've never seen it. Well, obviously, both are faulty because faith doesn't come by seeing. Because what if you pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Even though you've always seen it happen or you've seen it once. Say this guy saw a healing one time and all of a sudden he goes and prays for somebody to be healed. You know what can happen? His faith could falter because he's going by what he saw. Mm -hmm. So both denominations that I've worked with, are both both sides of the fence, one says, well, I believe it because I've seen it, and I believe it because I haven't seen it. I don't believe it because I don't see it. It's both faulty. Faith comes by hearing, and that's it. Not mm -hmm. by seeing. Yeah. So here's what happens. You get people that grow up in the church that says, I believe because I did see. And those people grow up in that church, and the next thing they go pray for somebody, and they don't see it happen, they stop believing in God altogether. You know? And then you get people growing up in another church that says, I don't believe it because I didn't see it. And then somebody grows up in that church and says, wait a minute, the Bible says this. How come, I, how come I'm not seeing it? And then that person falls away too. Why? Because they both built their foundation on, first of all, their faith with their parents, not their own faith. They didn't make it their own, number one. Second, they're going by what they saw, which is a faulty faith. You have to go by what you heard. You have to believe what God says despite what you ever see. Faith by hearing, not by experience. Okay, um, so where are we at? Uh, love never fit. Uh, let's see here, Romans chapter twelve. So we have gifts differing according to the grace that's been given to us. Let us use them. So then it goes down a list of them. It says if prophecy, in proportion up to our faith. See, it's, you you prophesy according to your faith. Okay, so if you don't have faith for it, you won't be able to prophesy it. Okay, well faith comes by hearing. So I've got to hear it so I can prophesy it. See what I'm saying? All right, check this out. Faith, uh, pro prophecy according to your faith. Uh, in service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortations, the one who contributes. I mean, you know what exhortation is? Encouraging. Yes. That's love, bro. I mean, like, some people may be better at it, <laughs> but everybody should encourage one another. You see? You can see with just some of these gifts right here that it's just bogus to believe that only some people have them and some people don't. What it is is we, listen, what we believe, the difference is we believe that we can all exhort. We believe we can all serve. We believe that we can all uh, be generous. We believe that we can all teach to a certain level, right? The ones that we don't believe, we, we believe we can lead. We, can, we believe we can have acts of mercy, but we don't believe we can prophesy. You see? That's the difference. The difference isn't whether or not you have the opportunity to or that God doesn't want you to do it. That's not the, that's not the problem. 
problem is that we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And you can't get grace for it if you don't believe it. Make sense? So I'm doing this teaching because I want people to understand that you have access to all the spiritual gifts. It's just what you believe. If you don't believe you can have it, you won't have it. If you do believe you can have it, you will have it. Okay? Um, and I'm, I'm going to base that off other scriptures too because, you know, we look at um, some of these lists. It says, like, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 8. <clears throat> uh, now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. Watch this. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Say that again. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Why do we have the gifts? For the manifestation of the common good. For the common good. To show God's real, to to benefit other people, to bless them, to build them up. For one, to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. So a word of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge. In other words, so if I get a word of wisdom for you, then that means that um, like maybe you're having a question like you don't know how to do something. And I've never done it either. You've never done it. But all of a sudden, I just get a word of wisdom like, dude, this is how you should do it. It'll work. I feel like the Lord's telling me right now that if you do it just like this, it'll work. You know? So, for instance, uh, whenever I was asking God about our ministry and how we should provide for it, and I said, Lord, I need to know which side of my boat to put my net, my net on because this one over here ain't working. I've been fishing all night long, and I ain't catching nothing. So a word of wisdom would be put your net over here. You know? Why? How? In other words, a word of wisdom tells you how you should do something to get results. Okay? So, um, you know, when I talked to my friend one time, I asked him, I need you to hear the Lord on me. My brother, you know, is backslidden, and I don't know what to say to him. And he goes, don't talk to him about God. I'm like, that don't make no sense. But it was God's wisdom, because when I didn't talk to him about God, and I just prayed for him, he repented. Mm. But that was a word of wisdom. It didn't make sense. See, a lot of times a word of wisdom won't even make sense. Like, it'll just be God's wisdom, and it will trump men's wisdom. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, then you have word of knowledge. This is whenever I get a word of knowledge about your life, like something about you. You know, I knew something happened. Like, God showed me that something happened to you as a kid, you know, and I know what happened. Whether I know it in great detail or just a little bit. Hey, man, you were abused as a kid. That might be a word of knowledge. Or, hey, you know, it was your uncle who abused you. You see what I'm saying? That would be a more specific word of knowledge, you know. So you have words of knowledge right, that that help, what it does is it shows the, the, the non-believer or the one who's being ministered to that God is real and that he loves them and he, and he knows everything, okay? See, this, the scripture talks about how the Spirit of God, uh, you know, he reveals all truth to us and all the mysteries are revealed to us. You see what I'm saying? And so, you said all, the mis- all the mysteries are revealed to us. Oh yeah, Luke 18, 17. So we have to believe that the Lord... Um, wants to show us these things. You know, we had a guy come visit us the other day, and I could tell this guy was intellectual. He had all the understanding. Amen. You know, and I told the Lord, I said, I can't, I can't. I said, Lord, I can't really help this guy by just telling him some more theology. You know, he already knows it all. Father, I just need to know something that nobody else knows. Yeah. Holy Spirit, teach me. So we were walking up there. Next thing you know, I see Gilbert over there, and Gilbert had a word of knowledge for him, and I knew it. The Holy Spirit showed me. Gilbert just got a word of knowledge for him. 
I'm like, Gilbert, you just got a word of knowledge for him, huh? He goes, yeah, I did. You want to hear it? No, because I already asked God to show me something. So <laughs> but don't tell me nothing. You know, so we get back into our, the, the, my house and we minister to this guy. And the Holy Spirit starts showing me um, things in his heart, you know, that he was dealing with. And actually dealt with a specific issue. But I wasn't bold enough to say it because I wanted him to confess it. And so, um, anyway, next thing you know, man, we're taking this guy through deliverance and he's getting set free. Why? Because he believed in the power of God. And he had already heard all the... The knowledge. The knowledge. Yeah. He was not interested in knowledge or words anymore. He was interested in power. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know God was real. He wanted to know that God really loved him. You see what I'm saying? And so those those giftings are powerful because they show love. I love that man. And I said, Lord, I want that man to be set free from his bondage. Mm-hmm. So show me something about him so that we can trump all of his arguments and we can be done arguing and I can help him. <laughs> you see? You know, because I'm not interested in being in being knowing more than you. No. You know, I, all I want to do is love you and help you. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care about knowing more than anybody. You know, sure, knowing more sometimes helps you, but it's for love, mm-hmm. it's not about, so that you can be better than someone it's else. It's not about self, it's all about God. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I want I wanted to make sure I'm introducing this person to the Father, you know, because I ain't going to do nothing. You know, I'm just a person, you know. I, I Yes, God's using me, like I said earlier. You are the light of the world, right? <laughs> yeah, God's using me. But I'm not the one I'm trying to get people to meet. You know? I, you know, I, I had a... Bless you. I had a... In fact, I was ministering to a couple of people in youth one time. Uh, and we had gone to the park. And we met this lady. And we got a word of knowledge for her. And we started praying for her and whatnot. She ends up coming to church, right? These guys were hanging out with me and stuff. They were... They've been listening to teachings. They were all excited about it. And... You know, that's what happens. Sometimes you take people under your wing and they look up to you, right? So I'm coming back from the from the parking lot, and these th- these two boys come running out. I'm like, hey, Zach! Well, do you know what they forgot to see? They forgot to see the person next to me, which was a woman we had ministered to in the park. Yeah. They completely skipped her, went straight to me. And later on, I looked at them and I said, y'all missed Jesus. You know, the scripture says, that if you do the least, whatever you do the least of these, you've done to me, right? So if you serve them or if you neglect them, I said, you missed Jesus. Like, you were so excited to see me. You missed Jesus was standing right next to me. You missed the sheep. You know? If you've done it to the least of these, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at me because you're, because you, I'm a teacher and you're like excited to be with me or whatever, but you just missed Jesus. Mm-hmm. You missed, you missed the important person. I was not important. That person was important. You see? And so, uh, my point is, man, um, it's all about love and it's not about, it's not about glory, your self-glory. And the scripture says you don't believe because you seek the glory that comes from men. You know? Exactly. I, I discovered a while back the reason why I struggled with so much unbelief for for so long was because I really cared what people thought. And I wanted them to give me glory, you know? And when I discovered I didn't care about them giving me glory, I just want the glory from my father. Get the nail on the head. Then my faith exploded, you know. Alright, where are we at? So we're in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, we're talking about uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit, and to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the, by the one spirit. Okay, so we can see that. To another, the works of the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. You know, for so long, I had people, people were like, well, where's the biblical precedent for that that you're doing? Like, that was a big thing when I was growing up. Where's the biblical precedent? Like, why would you do it like that, you know? 
Like, for instance, uh, using anointing oil, right? People will say, what's the biblical precedent for... In other words, before we can do it like that, I need to know where it is in the Bible, right? Which I can show you now in the scriptures while we use the oil and whatnot. This is awesome. Mm. You all right, buddy? Okay. Um, we, I can show you the biblical precedent in, Matthew, in James, the book of James, where you anoint with oil for healing. You know, you pray, offer, offer it up in faith, and you anoint with oil, right? So you can see that. But there were so many things that people did, and my church was just so like, bam, 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 we need to be so legalistic about it. Where's the biblical precedent? So... For like healing, people would say, well, there's a biblical precedent for healing. Dude, you know, when you come to start, start talking about signs and wonders, like we're talking about crazy stuff. You know, Elijah, or was it Elijah or Elisha? One or two. The guy was hacking away at the tree and his axe head fell into the water, right? <laughs> Elisha. Elisha. He dropped the axe head in the water. It's a metal piece of, a piece of metal. Float, he goes down to the bottom of the lake or whatever. And he's like, oh, prophet, I, I need help. That was a borrowed tool. And so he took a log and he threw it in the water. How many know that wood floats, right? So he threw the wood in the water and it sank and the axe head floated. So that's a sign and wonder. It's a miracle. That's a working of miracles. So my question is, where are those today? If we believe truly that the spiritual gifting, check this out. If we really truly believe that the spiritual giftings were just given to, well, just dropped on these people over here, right? Then where where is the worker of miracles? You see? Yeah. If... If, if if what Paul says, listen, Paul said this. He says, um, the varieties of the gifting, because, watch this, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized in one body. Jews or, or Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot said, should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And then the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. Mm. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body... All right. So how come we all want to say, well, you know, because uh, what, I'm, what I'm referring to is I came from a church that believed that basically half of these spiritual gifts were gone. So what you're telling me is that we're missing half a body. If you believe what you're teaching, that the Holy Spirit just gives us people who He wills, which the Scripture does say that, okay? But I think it's a misunderstanding, okay? That He just drops them. Oh, I'm not going to get the spiritual gift of tongues unless it just happens. Okay? Every gift from God, listen, every gift from God must be asked for. It, you do not get saved by accident. And you will not get tongues by accident. Okay? Every gift that comes from God comes by grace, through faith. And the scripture says, I believe, therefore I speak. If you don't believe it, you won't speak it. You have to hear it. How can you believe if you don't hear it? How can you believe if you don't hear it? So that's why we're teaching on this. Okay? But literally, people will say, well, all the different gifts, you know, everybody gets different gifts, and God's just going to drop on whoever he wants to. Basically, by fate, it's a random chance. We're going to throw some dice out, and whichever falls to your hand, hey, you're going to get the gift of healing. Oh, hey, you're going to get some tongues. Oh, hey, maybe you're, maybe you're going to get the gift of hospitality, right? So that's what we do with these spiritual gifts, is we think that it's just going to accidentally happen to us. And that's not what the Scripture teaches at all. You don't accidentally get a gift. You ask for it. 
Okay? You can't ask for it if you don't believe you're going to get it. The scripture says, whatever you ask for me, I'll give to you. You see? <laughs> it says, you are evil, giving good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? We're talking about spiritual gifts. You see? All right? Make sense? So, <clears throat> my point is this. Where are the now, now? I had a teaching a while back. One of my first, one of my first uh, teachings after Philippines trips. I said, uh, "Where are the miracles?" You know, you know. We really believe that all the body is important. Yet we don't have workers of miracles. Here's the real reason why we don't have workers of miracles. It's not because God forgot. It's not because we have a mutated body. Listen, if you were missing a finger, you would say you have a mutation. You see what I'm saying? But we live in a mutated church. The church that doesn't believe for signs and wonders. Yeah. I believe the Lord has really called me to almost just try to, to start teaching on this as part of a life teaching, you know. That God has called us to do signs and wonders. He's called us to do workers and miracles. Have I done a lot of those? No. I ain't going to flat out tell you right now. But do I believe it? Yes, because the Word of God says it, period. And you know what? I didn't operate in healing either before... Before I believe for it, you know. Mm. Now I see people get healed all the time. I didn't operate in spirit in tongues until I started believing for it, you know. Good stuff. Yeah. My point is, uh, I think this generation is going to spearhead. Mm -hmm. I'm a prophesy this. We're going to spearhead signs and wonders. Come on. And that's a bold statement, but I want it bad. Amen. And I, there are no excuses is what I want. Whenever I, when a, when an unbeliever comes and sees something crazy happen to him, or whatever, no excuses. And that's why Jesus said that. Um, if Sidon and Tyre had seen the miracles in you got, they would have repented with sackcloth and sackcloth and ashes. But it'll be worse for for you than uh, than Sodom and Gomorrah on Judgment Day because you didn't believe yet you saw. Which saw? You saw all these wonders, these signs and wonders, mm -hmm. and you still didn't believe. Listen, you can explain away miracles all day long. Just because you saw a miracle doesn't mean you're going to believe it. You have to believe it before you see it, and then it'll happen. I can't tell you how many times I saw someone get healed and tried to explain it away. Ah, oh, I don't know if that really happened. Are you sure they were really in pain? You know? I pray for God, dude. I, even, even now, operating in faith. Every once in a while, I have to that's a fight that I don't believe. I'll go pray for somebody. I prayed for a guy one time who had a broken foot. Next thing you know, he puts his crutches down and starts walking. And in my head, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> You know, the fact that I said, really, is a display of unbelief. Yeah. I should have just expected it. And you know what? I should have got surprised if he didn't get healed. You see what I'm saying? Faith. <laughs> Faith is so confident that it, it should be the other way around. That if they don't get healed, it should surprise me. This is why whenever the scripture says that in the town of Nazareth, when they didn't have faith, that they, they could only heal a few sick people. That surprised them. It surprised them that they can only heal a few sick people. A few sick people. Now, we would be all like chomping at the bit to get a few people sick, healed. <laughs> right? But Jesus' experience was everyone got healed. And then in this city, just a few people got healed. And that was surprising. To us, it would be surprising if a few people got healed because right now nobody's getting healed. Over here, he's like, everybody's getting healed. I'm surprised that only a few got healed. You see the backwards thinking we have entered into? That's why Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith? 
not a matter of giftings, and it's not a matter of uh, whether or not God chose you. It's a matter of faith. Here's what I did one time with a lady. Well, first of all, my heart broke for her because I went up to her, man, and this is what I'm talking. This will, this is why she needs to get some of my teachings because she really had bad theology, you know. I go up to her. She was limping real bad on her right hand side, I think. And I go up to her and I say, "Hey, I'm with my dad, and uh, we're up at Walmart." And this uh, lady, I go up to her. She's walking. I say, "Hey, ma'am, uh, do you mind me asking what happened?" Oh, I had a stroke. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? She said, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Huh. I said, well, why not? She says, well, if God wanted to heal me, he wouldn't have given me three strokes. Mm. Wow. And I'm thinking, I, immediately I just said, well, God didn't do that to you. Why? Because I'm trying to undo some bad theology now. Yeah. Because these, they, she believes a lie. That's why she's bound up, you see? Yeah. I don't believe the lie. That's why I was going to get her healed. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So, <clears throat> she says, no, no. I go, man, come on, let me pray for you. And she's like, no. I said, look, if, if, if whether you get healed or not, I mean, at least I can just love on you and pray for you. No, I don't want I don't want that. She's getting mad now. I can feel it in her heart, you know. Her son goes, just let him pray for you. She says, no. So, she takes off. So, I'm like, man, Lord. Chase her down. I need to love her. You know, we need to love her. Like, it doesn't matter if she believes. I believe. Who cares if she believes? So I chase her down again. <laughs> she goes, get away from me! Get away from me! She's like, I'm like, <clears throat> I said, ma'am, I'm just going to pray for you, you know, away from you, okay? In the name of Jesus, I think, Father, you're going to get healed. So I, I, she's like, just get away from me. All you Christians, this is what's wrong with you people. You Christians, you don't, you don't, you don't know how to take a no. <laughs> I wish that was the case. I wish more people were like that, but most people aren't. Most people are afraid of what people think. But you know what? This person's in pain. You know, it's kind of like your child who has a scrape on her arm, who has a cut, and you start putting uh, alcohol in it, and they're like, don't touch it, don't touch it. You're trying to get the splinter out of their finger. No, daddy, don't get it out. It's going to keep causing you pain, but at least let me get it, right? But if you really loved your child, you're going to hold them down, and you're going to take it out. <laughs> now, sometimes if I... Now, now, you have to understand, too. You're talking about ignorance, right? So my child is ignorant. So that's why I would hold him down. Hold him down because he's totally ignorant. But when he gets older, and I've already taken out a few of those um, splinters for him, and he wants to fight me, guess what? Well, you can just keep it in there, dude. Duct tape. Now let him go, right? And I'll come coming back and saying, hey, when you're ready for me to take that splinter out, I'll take that splinter out. Mm -hmm. Hey, when you're ready. Grace and love are always extended. But I'm not going to fight you. See? Now, when they're little and ignorant, I do fight them. Hold them down. Get the thing out. Hey, isn't that better now? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, we drove off. My heart's all bothered by it, man. I stopped the car. Me and my dad said, let's just pray for that woman right now. You know? So, we just prayed. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. She'll get healed. Father, I know that I've already made an impression on her because she thinks I'm just some crazy Christian. <laughs> and Father, I want her to get healed. That way, she'll know. Man, somebody... That, that idiot was trying to get a hold of me, and I got healed. I want her. I want her to have that experience, you know, without a doubt. Now, if I just asked her and it went on my way, and then she got healed, she wouldn't have thought nothing of it. But because I went twice, if she got healed, I never heard from her again. I didn't know who she was. But you know how many times I've heard of people who I prayed for that didn't get healed then, but then later on they told me, "Hey, I'm all healed up now." You know, I prayed for a guy who had a bad uh, 
cyst on his arm, afraid for his arm. This guy, you know, has in the past has told me, you know, that he doesn't know all the giftings are for everybody. You know, he's he's expressed some unbelief in this, right? So I said, can I just pray for you? Yeah, sure. So I prayed for him. He didn't say anything. A month later, he comes to me and says, Hey, Zach, I just want to let you know, the moment you prayed for me, everything, ever since then, it, it, it never caused me pain again. But I'm thinking, this is now telling me this 30 days later? <laughs> you know? But, you know, I never took my faith off of it, you know, and it, he got healed, you know? <clears throat> I had uh, one guy, I prayed for um, his, his knee. He couldn't bend down, his knee was messing up. Uh, he calls me up 20 minutes later. Hey, man, I just want to let you... I prayed three times. He didn't get healed, right? Right then. But he called me 20 minutes later and said, Hey, Zach, I want to let you know my, heels up. my knee is completely healed up now. You know? We prayed for this one guy uh, who had a brother who had... Uh, oh, man. Pancreatitis, I think is what it is. That's real I don't know what it is. That's Some sort of disease in his body. And so we prayed for him. Me and Tony prayed for him right outside of Easy Pond. Prayed for his brother. Four months later, I get lunch with this guy, and he finally tells me, Hey, I just want to let you know, man, my brother got completely healed. But I didn't hear about the healing right then. I just put my faith on it and let it rest and moved on. You see? We have to realize sometimes that when we do pray for people, we might not see it right away. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. As long as you put your faith on it. You've got to put your faith on it. So. <clears throat> it's a matter of faith. And, that, and a matter of pressing through. Let me put it to a stopping point here. Um... All right, so here's the scripture. All these are empowered by one of the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So that's where people get the, the inference that he only gives it to you as he wills. Okay, But let me, let me show you something. <clears throat> um, the way that grace works is grace is a choice. God chooses you in grace, right? But he's chosen everybody in grace. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There's things that are being that have been given to us freely, but it's by faith that we get them. Does that make sense? It's kind of like um, you've been given a coupon to go over here and get this free meal, right? The free meal has already been provided, but if you don't go cash in the coupon, you can't have it. Does that make sense? They both work together. Hyper grace says that he's going to force it on you, and you you don't have to believe. It's just going to happen. Okay. Hyper faith says. Uh, you really try to have to work hard for it. You know what I'm saying? But they both work together. Grace and faith are synonymous. Like It's a beautiful mystery. But uh, anyway, uh, we're, next time we come around, we're going to talk about how the gifts are to bring unity and not division. Mm. We oftentimes, you know, the giftings of God actually have caused church splits. Mm. That's so anti-Christ. <laughs> wow. You know? Like, if you have a problem with somebody speaking in tongues... Why did you kick him out of your church? You just cut off your foot. <laughs> right? <It's> like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Check this out. This last thing right here in Romans chapter 12, it says right here. Um, no, it's actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I don't I want to show you one thing. I, had, I went to a church one time that said, listen, our church, we don't speak in tongues. If you want to speak in tongues, you can go down there to the other street. Down the street and look at that other church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39, it says right here. Do not forbid the speaking in tongues. <laughs> I went to university, and in my university, getting my Bible degree, they told me, "We don't do that. Y'all just look. Don't don't speak in tongues. It's of the devil." Uh, you know, I'm like, dude, do you read your Bible? Like, 
You're my Bible professor. <laughs> now, the thing is, at the time when I was taught that, I didn't, I didn't know these truths. You know, or I would have asked him, well, what do you think about 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Where it says, do not forbid the speaking of tongues. Did they mistranslate that? Or what? I mean. Did you not read that or something? Oh, is that another scripture you don't think belongs in the Bible? Like Mark chapter 16. Oh. Uh. I try not to bash um, denominations. Because, see, I, if I believe that we're not supposed to be divided, I don't really want to bash any denominations or teachers. Um, because I believe that it's going against what you preach. It's going against what I'm teaching. I believe that John chapter 17, God, Jesus' perfect will is that we operate in perfect unity. You know, that person may not believe for speaking in tongues, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't work with them. You see what I'm saying? Well, the problem is if they don't, if they start saying that I shouldn't speak in tongues, now, now you're going against the Bible because I'm not judging you for not speaking in tongues because I know that you just simply don't believe for that. But you're telling me that I'm wrong because I am speaking in tongues. Well, that is against the Bible that you believe in so much, you know. So, now, here's the cool thing about someone like that. If they really do believe in the Bible, I will just show them the scripture and they will repent. Like, you know, I did because I didn't believe in speaking in tongues. I thought they were all crazy. You know, when I first got involved with that, I thought everybody was nuts. I thought, Look at these crazy people speaking in tongues and whatnot. This is so weird, you know. You know why I was weird? Because I was uncomfortable. Not because it was of the devil. Because I was just uncomfortable, you know. You know what? Sometimes we get uncomfortable before God. God isn't always comfortable. Mm. That's why we get persecuted for our faith. You think that Peter? You think that Peter was comfortable hanging upside down on a cross? I bet he was full of the Holy Spirit, though.